I, I uh, want to speak just for a bit tonight. I feel like the Lord is talking to me, and, um, and I'll just try to give you what I feel like He's giving me. I, I heard this, uh, this word or this phrase recently, and it struck uh, a chord in my mind or in my spirit, and I knew that was in the Bible, and I had a pretty good idea of where it was in the Bible, and I just, sometimes that's the way the Lord talks to me. He'll, it's like he'll give a little crumb first, and like, oh, and that tastes familiar. <laughs> and then you, he, he's like he's putting you on a trail into his word. So um, the, uh, the, the phrase or the word that I heard was, uh, the word is novice, and then the scripture says not a novice. And um, does anybody know where that is or what that refers to, other than Bishop Schoonover? That's a, that's a hint. It, the, the scripture says, when, you're, when a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. And it says that when he, when the, Paul gives instruction for when you're choosing a bishop, when there is a bishop, he gives a list of things, and one of the things he says is not a novice. Now, I'm not being uh, literal here tonight in talking about our bishop. He's not a novice, not by any means. But uh, the, the scripture says not a novice, and, and I felt like the Lord had just kind of uh, pricked my spirit a little bit with that term. Now, obviously, I don't think everybody would raise their hand and say, I feel called to be a bishop. Um, but that does not mean that a bishop is the only one that has to or should even care to uh, desire to know what the Word of God says for how we ought to live our lives. And you remember that Paul had said follow me as I follow Christ. And, and many times over, he would say, look to me as an example. And I have done these things. And Paul even would put himself as an example to us to know, if you need somebody, I'm not perfect, and he reminds us that often too, but he says, if you need somebody to pattern your life after, then follow me. And all of us, we, all, he's talking about the, the apostles, the leadership. We are, we are men of God who seek to lead and influence and help others. And so, but when the scripture uses that word, not a novice, it means newly planted. A novice, it, this, it's, I like it when the, uh, the Greek or the Hebrew has a singular reference in the Bible, meaning that's the only time in the whole Bible that that one Greek word is used because I know I'm not getting it wrong when I try to apply it to what it's saying. So newly planted, not newly planted. Make sure it's somebody that's not newly planted. And in, in, that, in that context, Paul is saying, because if it is somebody that's newly planted, they will get puffed up with pride and then fall under the condemnation of the devil. 
I mean, we, if we just picked anybody that we would say is newly planted and say, you know what, uh, I think we're going to put you in, in Bishop Schoonover's role from now on. Why don't you just go ahead and you can do that. Yeah, I mean, it's only four congregations, and it's only, you know, we'll trust you. We'll, well, I don't know. I know we would not do that, but uh, w what Paul says is one of the, one of the outcomes is pride would get into that person's spirit and to be able to say here wow i'm i am now something great i'm now something awesome and i've got all this power and people are going to look to me and i can tell them what to do and that's just that's just a uh that's part of a, a novice what makes someone a novice newly planted or someone who has recently become a Christian. I started to think, though, about the opposite of a novice, because if it says not a novice, well then, how do you get to being not a novice? What's the opposite of that? Newly planted, remember it says newly planted. So, not newly planted. Well planted. Planted a long time ago. Mature. Flourishing, yes. I, I, I'm not a horticultural, I can't even say it. I'm not a horticulturalist. Horticulturalist. I am not a, any one of those ists, ists. I don't grow plants. I don't even pretend to. Um, back at the start of July, I was trying to help out some over at the farm, and, and Bishop had ordered some, some tree root stock. I don't know what you would call that. Those little, uh, uh, what came in the mail was two sticks. I know that because I was the one that got the mail that day. You know, one of those, it was like in an envelope, you know, 8 by 10 eight, uh, envelope package, and I open it, and it's like, what, you know, did he buy something for the kids? Are these toys? What are we, you know? But, and then it had instructions in there about, you know, the, there were two sticks, but on the end of both of these sticks, they were intentionally sort of carved like this. The rest of it looked like a stick, but the end, you could tell, Somebody did something to it intentionally. And the, the instructions, even if you're not a horda wada who's it, then you can read the instructions that says, put those in a glass of water. All right, I can do that. And uh, I, I, I think I sent Bishop the picture, and I, is this right? Am I doing this? You know, I, I don't know, but if there's anybody that can mess up putting a stick in water, that's me. So, so I put that in the, in the I, I got each one its own cup, and I put it in there, and I put it on the windowsill because it says keep out of direct sunlight, but it's supposed to be in some sunlight. And, and he even told me, no, maybe you should put it over on this one instead of that one. That's going to be too much. See, he's got so much more knowledge than me. He's not a novice when it comes to trying to grow trees. And I am. So, so the, but this stick 
it just in the matter of about a week, about 10 days, stuff started happening under the water on the end of those sticks, both of them. They were doing what we call sprouting. And it wasn't just a stick anymore. And I thought, man, this is awesome. This is some cool science right here. I'm learning just by opening the mail. But I start to see, and then I realize, okay, that is actually going to grow into something more than just a stick that came in the mail. Now, some of you, you ought to just, if you got the time, you ought to go and buy some tonight because it's a fun little experiment. And you'll have a tree in no time. But that uh, I got to see, okay, this is a process of, of it's, it starts as this and then it changes and it grows into this and then it matures a little bit more and it grows into this. And before you know it, it's going to be maybe about yay high. And then you're going to think, man, that thing one time fit in the mailbox. And then it's going to get even higher, grow, you know, more. And you'll see, okay, that thing is growing. It's flourishing. It's maturing. It's not newly planted, right? Now, so, so Paul, he talks about this quite a bit throughout his letters to each of the churches. I, you, I want you to first look, though, Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read uh, uh, some words that, that Jesus spoke. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He tells a little parable here. And I don't know if you remember this, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about parables and then patterns and then practical application. So this is a parable that Jesus speaks here. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. That's a very simple qualification, right? Anybody that hears what I say and does it. Hears what I say and does it. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. It's a smart thing to do. You hear my words and you obey and you do them. You're like a wise man that decides to build a house and builds it on a rock. Next verse. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded. Everyone say founded. It was founded Upon a rock. Next verse. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. Hears it, but doesn't do it. Jesus is talking to a crowd of people, you know, when he says these things. We're, we're reading in the middle of a chapter and he's, he's well into his day of speaking to the crowd. And he pauses and says, Now I've said a lot of stuff, and you've all heard a lot of stuff. Now let me just tell you, 
the ones that are hearing what I say, if you go and do the things that I say, you're like a smart person. Building your house on a sure foundation. But if you're here and you are hearing what I'm saying, but you go off and you don't do what I've said, here's what you're like. Thou shalt be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. There's only two elements the rock and the sand. Next verse. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. It crashed. Another way of looking at this is Jesus could, is, is talking to that crowd, and he says, I know you're not going to stay here with me forever. You're going to go back to your lives and do your own thing. When you get back to your life and start to do what you're going to do, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to stand it's going to be strong, sturdy, and you are going to be a well-founded person. Or you are going to go back to that life, but you're not going to apply what you're hearing from me. You're going to do your own thing. You're going to build your own way. And your life is going to crash. Uh, there's not a, a lot of surprises when you live for God. There's really not. Not a lot of surprises. I mean, you even hear other things, and I, I know. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I see these, these uh, articles sometimes, and they try to get people to to click because they're, that article's full of advertisements. And if you just get somebody on the page, man, every one of those advertisers is going to be rolling in the dough. But they'll put a, they'll put a, uh, a header on, the, on a title on the article that says, you know, something like 20, 20 crazy stories you have to see to believe. And you won't believe number 18. Okay, but that means I got to read 1 through 17 to get to 18. <laughs> yeah, advertising. Yeah. All of this. You're going to see it all. But 18 is the number, the really crazy one. I mean, <laughs> they want you to look. And, 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 and so we see and we hear outlandish and crazy and wild things all the time, right? I mean, I, I feel like every day we don't know who's going to be in the news for what. We don't know what normal person is going to go abnormal. And all of a sudden, their face is on every website and, and their, their story is now known to the world. And, and we're thinking, I should be blown away by this. But, I mean, I've seen and heard so much by now that it's like nothing surprises me. Well... When Jesus can boil your life, the life of every person in the crowd, down to one of two outcomes, then we know there's, there's no surprises. Either you're going to listen and hear and do and obey, 
and your house is going to stand, or you're not, and your house is going to fall. That's it. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Now we're talking, about op, we're talking about a novice or someone that's newly planted, and we're talking about somebody that's well-matured, well-founded, well-grown. And there's... I believe that it is the desire of every, every person here to grow. I think we all would say, I, I know that God's got a call in my life. I know God wants to do some more things with me than what he's already done. And, and you know, if I just do my part and submit, he's going to grow me. He's going to use me. We're going to do great things in his kingdom. That's our desire, I believe. Amen? That's our desire to get there and see those things done. But every now and then, it's kind of like, like Peter when he's, uh, when he's out walking on the, on the water and he's thinking, I'm doing some awesome, awesome stuff. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm sinking and I'm dying. Oh, no, I'm doing some awesome stuff. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm sinking and I'm dying. And, and our lives can get like that. Even in a walk with the Lord, we have highs and we have lows. We have great times and we have miserable times. The rains come, the wind blows. That's, that's just normal. That's part of life. But through time, through time, you start to realize whether or not you have a foundation. You start to realize whether or not you have any roots that are keeping you through a storm. Now, it would be easy. Don't let your mind wander to other people, okay? I mean, that's a temptation sometimes. Yeah, I know so-and-so. They just go through it all the time. And I can tell you right now, they're in the middle of a storm, and they are not doing, you know, deal with the Lord on your own time with that. <laughs> but uh, but my, in my life, I know I know when I'm in the middle of a storm. I heard it put this way. Anything that I don't have peace with in my life is an area that I'm not letting God control. I'm not letting Him be in charge of it so I don't have peace with it. Oh, My whole life can be great and I just got this one little decision kind of out there looming and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know how that's going to go and I... All of a sudden, I'm not feeling good about it. And, you know, I, I, yeah, brother, you need to give that to the Lord. As soon as you do, you're going to feel peace, whichever way it goes. But that's in, that just shows us if I'm trying to control a situation, if I'm trying to be the one in charge of how something is going to turn out, I'm not going to have peace over that. And we, we, these are lessons that we learn through time. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. 
Now, I, I mentioned this just a little bit on Sunday. Remember, we were talking about how churches, churches got birthed by, by the Lord by sending men like Paul to a, to a city, to a town. And, and now, remember that when we read these things, okay? He's, he, Paul does not have a mail order church that he's writing some letters to that he's never seen, never heard, never known. I like it, though, in one of these, I think it's here in Ephesians, he says, I'm praying for all of you, even the ones that have not seen my face. But he's saying, even the ones that have never seen me and I've never seen you, we are still a part of the same body. We're still a part of the same organism that the Lord is growing. So I'm praying for you. You're my brother. You're my sister. You're my family. Now, in the letters that Paul writes, he often has common themes that says, you can get more than what you've got. You can get further in the Lord than where you are right now. I love the fact that Paul never like, is guilt-tripping the church. Like, oh, I just can't believe you can't get over this, this hurdle. I can't believe you keep struggling. You know, no, but he, he, he always, in love, lets them know God has more for them. Everyone say grow. Grow. For this cause, this is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Now, Paul, uh, that's a fancy way of, uh, of saying, I pray that. This is the reason I pray for you. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, by his spirit, I want you to be strengthened in your inner man. Every one of you, you've got an inner man, and I beseech the Lord on that behalf. I'm praying for your inner man. I want it to be strengthened. Next verse. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Again, he's not writing this to a bunch of nobodies that he's never seen, never heard. He's writing this to a church that he was directly involved with helping through the birthing process. I know who you are. I know how you got there. And I'm still praying. Now, if, if there was some, some men or women in the church in Ephesus that had a, you know, kind of a little prideful spirit about them, they could say, yeah, he hasn't been here in a long time. He doesn't know how much I've grown. He doesn't know, man, I, I, I can overcome every hurdle and every off. I'm not struggling with anything. I've been having a great week. Yeah, but you know how long it took that letter to get to you? <laughs> okay, that's a side note. But So Paul is just addressing his feelings towards the church, and he's saying every one of you has an inner man, and I, I'm praying that the Lord continues to strengthen it. 
I want Christ to dwell in your heart. Oh, he's saying I don't have Christ. No, he's not. He's saying, even if he is there, I want him to stay there. However much you're feeling him now, I want you to feel him even more. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted. Everyone say rooted. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. I want you to be rooted and grounded in love, comma, that means that's not the end of the thought. That is the, that is like a qualifier of the thought. Since you will be rooted in love, since you will be grounded, next one, may be able to comprehend. Oh, he doesn't think I'm smart. I'm just telling you, we can get so easily offended sometimes. He thinks, I don't know this already. Now let me remind you that Paul was just the vessel of the one writing the letter, the one speaking the words. The Lord is using Paul to tell the church my brother, my sister, stay rooted in love. Stay grounded in love. Stay strengthened in your inner man. And I'm praying that you may comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth. And Okay, now it's starting to sound like a math problem. Find X. No, I want you to know how vast. I want you to know how vast. Next verse. And to know the love of Christ. How, how vast the love of Christ. which passeth knowledge. Uh, this is how I read that. I want you to know something you can't know. It passes knowledge. I want you... Okay. So now we're talking about not just me and how smart I am and whether I can comprehend something or not. We're talking about a supernatural... Helping. A supernatural assistance. How do you get there? By being rooted and grounded in love. By having an inner man that is strong. By having a life that is securely fastened. A life that's not going to waver when a storm happens. A life that is not going to go, as the scripture says, tossed to and fro. A life that will, n you're going to be rooted. How did... It's a supernatural work. 
Everyone say it's supernatural. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Next verse. That's it. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Now we're jumping from one church to another. Remember Sunday we talked about Thessalonians and, and Philippians. The, these towns, these churches. Now we're, that was Ephesians. Now we're going to read in Colossians. Paul's desire that he's expressing, the, the Lord's desire that he's expressing for the church. Colossians 2 verse 6. As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. That's a lot, a lot like what Jesus said in Matthew 7. If you hear and do. You've received. Paul is saying, do you remember when we got there and I told you about Jesus Christ and you received him? You heard about him. Now walk in him. Live in him. Next verse. Rooted. That's a nice little conundrum there, a paradox. You're supposed to walk and be rooted. Right? Walk in him, rooted. I got like some really, really long roots that are going to let me, like a leash? Rooted and built up in him. Now, It kind of, let me give you this visual. I love this. It's, it's just a little break. You're at the airport, and maybe you got all your baggage with you. You're standing in one of those long lines, and you got the one on this shoulder and this shoulder and one on this hand and this hand. Pick that all up. The line's moving. Take a few steps. Put it all right back down. Okay, now we're moving. Pick it all up. Put it all back down. That's that, when, when you're in the airport, I mean, there's got to be a special dispensation for that. To get you through just from the door to the plane. No, all this stuff that you've received, you have received so much, just like he said it in Ephesians. You're understanding how vast the love of Christ is. You are receiving, you're learning, you're walking in, you're growing in. All of this stuff, now you're rooted and you're built up in Him and you're walking in Him. Every day, wherever you go, you're walking in Him and you're taking all of this with you. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding therein with thanksgiving next verse beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men brother Timothy just taught about these scriptures a few weeks ago 
after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Next verse. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Next verse. And ye are complete in him. Everyone say complete. Complete. You are complete in him. Now, being complete in him means something entirely different than him being in you to complete you. They sound really similar. And if you're not careful, you can just think of them as the same. Because what we say is, oh, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lost. And then the Lord finds me and saves me. So I found the missing piece of my life. No, not at all. He found you. And he put you in himself. You are now complete in him. You get outside of him, you are, no, you are no longer complete. Hear me. Because we want to do this with our walk. I'm in him, I'm complete. I'm outside of him, I'm incomplete. I'm in him, I'm complete. I'm outside of him, I'm incomplete. And then we get over here outside of him and we think, why is nothing going right? Why don't I feel the Lord? Why isn't he helping me? Why can't I hear his voice? You're incomplete because you're outside of him. Your roots are not in him. You're not, your foundation is not in him. You're complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Next verse. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. He's doing this work in you. Next verse. Buried with him in baptism. Buried with him in baptism. You realize, now, I don't know, I don't know many, if any, people that the Lord just took them the, the moment after they got baptized, or even the same day that they got baptized, or even the same week that they got baptized. Or even the same year that they got baptized. I mean, I know it's happened, but it's not how it normally goes. But you still realize, once you're buried with him in baptism, that old you is supposed to be dead and gone. Key word, supposed to be. Buried with him in baptism. If I could take you back to Bartlett, Tennessee, to the church, if it still stands there, where when I was six years old, I was nervous as I could be. I had my pants on backwards. I was so nervous. 
But the, my pastor, he helped me up into the water and he put me in there. And he said, now, Caleb, we're going to do something here. We're going to baptize you in Jesus' name. And the old you is going to stay here. The old me, I'm six years old. Yeah. But the natural you. I don't care if you're six years old or 16 or 60. The natural you dies right here in these waters because you are buried with him in baptism. I get to look at that day anytime I want to. I get to remind, my spirit man gets to remind my natural man, sorry buddy, but you died a long time ago. I know you're trying to resurrect every now and then. And you think you can have your way. But no, you were put to death. You were buried in baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. You are risen with him. Kind of like you are complete in him. I would not be interested in going to any church anywhere or any river or any lake or any body of water and getting down in that water just to get wet and then with no understanding that what I did and then what I'm going to do from that point forward are a, are a complete opposite of what, who I was and what I was doing before. There, that's a change. You know, when, when you pass away from this life, they say, what was the time of death? They put that on a death certificate. And then you are no more in this life. I think all of us have seen and, and experienced that enough with people that we know to realize they're not here anymore. We, we can understand that so easily in the natural, but then we try to explain that in the spiritual. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I was really forgiven or not. I don't know if I really got the Holy Ghost or not. I don't know if I'm really walking in, as a new man or not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got to check your faith. That's, that's as plain as I can put that. the work of the enemy to come against you and say, ah, that wasn't real, that didn't count, you don't know, there's no proof. Next verse, this is my last verse. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him.
the term I would like to use is fusion. Fused. Quickened together with him means he went through something, you went through the exact same thing. His death, his burial, his resurrection. What I did in the spirit is apply that to my life, my spiritual death, my spiritual burial, my spiritual resurrection. I am now fused with him. I am now complete in him. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Having forgiven you all trespasses. I'm going to ask us to pray, and I'm going to turn this over to Bishop. He can share if he has anything, or he can dismiss. But I want us to pray just for a moment. Lord, I feel your spirit here talking to your people. God, I thank you for making me complete in you. I thank you, God, for, for making me a reflection of you. God, I get to be buried with you. I get to be rooted and grounded with you. Jesus, I want my spirit to be fused with yours. I want to be quickened together with you. Jesus, in your name, Lord, I want there to be no remaining flesh, nothing of my old man. God, but I know that this is how I get to grow. I know this is how I get to walk with you, how I get to become like you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Father. Help us, Lord. Thank you. I'd like to ask everybody to come to this center here and sit side by side with no spaces. Everybody. I'd like to discontinue the broadcast. Thank you. See you, folks. <laughs>